Welcome to another episode of the Casey Conley Podcast, and today we have a little finals preview special. I have two guests who were in heavy disagreement with some of the things I was saying on the last podcast and in some of the conversations we've had since. Trevor Fortin, a retired mid-Michigan baseball athlete, and Cole Cliver, another past guest on the show, former All-MIAA guard at Alma. How are you guys doing? Pleasure to be here. We're good. Ready to debate. So the number one topic that has been on the top of our minds has been Nikola Jokic versus Jimmy Butler in this postseason. And I I made a statement that I believe I'd rather have Nikola Jokic in this finals than Jimmy Butler. They both disagreed with me. I guess I'll let you guys start first. Why Jimmy? Well, for everyone listening, can we like lay out what the exact statement is that we're going to be debating. Absolutely. So do you have that or do you want me to? Okay. So from my understanding, it is which player between Jimmy Butler and Nikola Jokic would you rather have on your team to make a playoff run? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. So the first thing I want to say is that there's no wrong answer. I also, we just, we just have our opinions on who we'd rather have. I have a, before, before we start this, I have a question. How many players in the league would you, do you think, like top five players that you'd rather have on your playoff team? Just, just curious. To lead your team in the playoffs, who, who are the five players in the league now? LeBron. Yeah. Kevin Durant. Okay. Jimmy Butler. Okay. Jokic. And Giannis. I, I think that's a great list. I think it's a honestly. solid list. I think the only thing I would change is I would probably put Luca in there. Mm. He did make a deepish run with a, a an average roster, I would say. That is true. Uh, yeah, but so does Harden, but they never win anything. And Giannis did get beat by Jimmy Butler this postseason. Okay, well, one did. That's why Jimmy Butler comes before, right? Yeah. Okay, I think it's a solid list. list. That's, that's a solid list. That's a solid list. Off the top of my head, honestly. So, Jimmy. Why Jimmy Butler? Well, I mean, first things first, let's just look at the team that he has carried to the finals. I mean, he basically has Bam Adebayo, who's been a past all-star. And then other than that, he's just got a bunch of former G League guys and undrafted players. It's pretty impressive what he's done and how he's done it. Um, he almost choked there against the Celtics, not going to lie. kind of scared me, but... He still closed it out in a game seven when Tatum and Brown were unable to do it. And he got his revenge from last year. Um, I just think he's a winner. Um, you know, you can look at the stats all you want, but if I'm building a team, I'm just going to go with him because he will do anything, you know, to win a game. Um, he's been one of the best fourth quarter playoff performers that we've seen besides honestly, maybe game six. He wasn't great. He still almost closed that out, but he was not great in game six. Um, and Kevin Love, who's played with LeBron James, as we all know, has said that he's the best closer in the game, in my opinion. So that's something you can't really overlook either. That's just my view on it. Um, well, I'll let you, Trevor, you have uh, any... Yeah, same boat. Um, 
I would agree with those statements. I would also just like to add that since the the bubble championship, which is another conversation for another day, <laughs> uh, the Heat have been in the conference finals three of those four years. And night you look at those teams, they're not totally different. They all kind of have the same team. You know, Bam and Jimmy are the two guys that have been there throughout. And then they've had a couple role guys in there, and they've added a few since then. But they were a shot last year away from the finals. If Jimmy hits that shot um, in game seven, they go to the finals. Probably don't win, but they get there. And nobody's expecting Jimmy Butler to win because he's not really, like, historically in, like, anybody's top 25. He's not going to be in anybody's top 50 players of all time. And Jokic is already getting that kind of love from the media, I see, where, oh, if he wins this title, he is, like, top 25. He's one of the best centers ever. Um, I just think from a playoff, like, if I'd rather have Jimmy because I think he just displays a ton of heart and he he actually does elevate uh, the team around him slightly more because they're not as talented. So kind of the first thing that I want to say about that is I want to talk about the roster. So there's there is a lot against yeah, please do please do Miami Robster. The first thing I want to say is Jimmy is a great winner. This team has great players in the playoffs and great play players with playoff experience. They have a lot of winning what? players. Who Kyle Lowry NBA champion uh, Kevin Love. How NBA many minutes champion. per game? How many minutes? Duncan per game Robinson, a guy who's been to the finals. Ba- even Bam has been to a finals. So they do have this some of that experience, which I think helped them in a series like the Knicks. Even though I think the Knicks were the worst team they played on their playoff run by far, because I think they were the most one of the most overrated teams in the league. But the, the Knicks had zero playoff experience at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing you especially see, and you you saw it a lot in game seven. You saw a lot in some of the bigger games where these guys know. Maybe a particularly less Kevin Love since he was used a lot less in this Boston series. But Kyle Lowry was fantastic in a few of the games. And he knew if I come up and I play fantastic one or two games, help play sidekick with Jimmy. If I give him the help for two games, that might be enough. He's been able to do that. Kyle Lowry was fantastic in the first two rounds as well. Not, not only off the ball on defense, but also on the ball. He turned into one of their best on-the-ball defenders in the Buck series. I think Gabe Vincent, especially since the injury, he's kind of been affected by that. But the other thing I want to say is they're also extremely efficient. Like this, this Miami team is, is one of the more efficient teams you've ever seen. They're shooting 47% in the playoffs. I mean, if you look at the guys, Caleb Martin, 56% from the field. Max Struess, 45% from a field, from a guy who's pretty much only shooting threes. Duncan Robinson shooting 45% from three. So these guys have not only played well but they're hitting their shots and they're, they're they're playing well around them so it's not like like i think you could even make the case that this team is better if no, not significantly better than their bubble team to be completely honest with you the way that they've played and the way that they've just hit shots they've been the best shot making team in the playoffs this year statistically i'm gonna i'll go ahead first because i got a few things to say to that um as far as like saying the bubble team was better they're missing the Heat right now. Are missing their twenty point per game scorer Tyler Hero. He's been out since the beginning of the Bucks series, and without him, you're like, okay, well, who's going to help Jimmy out? And obviously, they've had guys like Caleb Martin stepped up, Struess, and Vincent have had their games. And overall, 
throughout the season, Miami was, I, I believe, a bottom five offense in terms of scoring. They the are. Day. They're bottom five. And then the playoffs, they've been shooting the the three very well. And I think when you look at the Boston series, that's kind of what uh, was the difference. Boston couldn't hit water if they thought of a boat for a lot of those games. Um, So I think the way that Jimmy, he's he's risen his game in the playoffs, so has the confidence level of these younger guys who haven't been uh, in deep playoff runs as much. Yeah, I mean... I think we just need to get back to the original discussion here. Jimmy Butler is averaging 28 and a half points in this playoff run when he usually only averages, I think for his career, it's like 21 points a game. Um, so that's a significant increase. Um, he actually shows up in the fourth quarter, unlike Case's man, Nikola Jokic, who disappears and lets Jamal Murray take over the driver's seat and win games for him. Um Let's see. He had 13 points in the fourth quarter versus the Hawks to make the playoffs in that play-in game. Uh, he scored 56 points, which tied for the most points ever in the playoff uh, in a playoff game, tied with Elgin Baylor. 42 in a closeout game versus the Bucks, the number one seed, because the Heat actually played against you know top-tier seeds, unlike the Nuggets who played the eight seed and then the seven seed and the four seed. Oh, and by the way, that four seed didn't even have two of their better players. <clears throat> Anyway, uh, and he was also the fifth player ever to score 98 in a two-game span in the playoffs, first one since Jordan. So he just knows how to win games, even with the roster that he has. Um, yeah, and but I think the point of it, though, is the roster isn't bad. I mean, they have a great – not to mention – all right. This team is a to top, the- wait, wait. This team is a top-five defensive team in the league. Like, this is a very good defensive team. And they have great defensive players. Bam Adebayo, I know his offensively, he's been probably the worst starter on this team, to be honest. He's been very, but he has been fantastic on defense. And he's probably the reason if they're going to win the finals, he's going to have to have a legendary defensive performance. But he's been great defensively. I mean, even on the games, which, of course, the Milwaukee series, which should have an asterisk next to it since Giannis was out two and a half games, even when Giannis did play, Bam contained him decently well. Giannis didn't go off in any game. Giannis, Giannis was hurt. He was hurt. hurt. Well, he was hurt. Yeah, he was banged up with the back injury, of course. But Bam played great defense. Not to mention, he wasn't even there. I mean, talking about that Buck series again, you could continue with Drew Holiday wasn't the same Drew Holiday offensively that we've seen, especially in the past few postseasons, how he's been explosive offensively. Even this season, he was, at one point, I think he was averaging 30 points in a month earlier this season. But anyway, back to the defense. This is a great defense led by Eric Spolstra, who has played maybe the greatest zone defense that we've ever seen in the NBA through the first three playoffs series. And the way that he's been able to tweak them for each team has been fantastic too. So I think Jimmy, you might not say Jimmy has the best team around him because I think we could name multiple teams that are better than the Miami. But for a team complete around Jimmy, the things they do help Jimmy. Similarly to, I think, they're built... Very well. The Nuggets are built very round around Jokic. They are. They have the perfect players around Jokic. I think I similarly, the Heat have perfect players around Jimmy. If okay, that's fair. If you put Jokic on the Heat and Jimmy on the Nuggets, is Jokic taking that Heat team to where Jimmy did? I think both teams are in the finals, though. No, I don't think. Nope. So. I don't think so. No, and. There's a strong chance that Jimmy takes that Nuggets team. He wouldn't even have to take that team. He would just play within them, just like hey, Jokic. So. 
But you know what's an interesting thing about Jokic too? That to me, Jimmy Butler works so hard. I mean, he it feels like he has the ball in his hand every single possession, and he's creating everything for Miami. Well, he doesn't even have a higher usage rate than Nikola Jokic. Like I just want to put that in. Nikola Jokic has played in multiple blowouts this postseason, where he hasn't even played in the fourth quarter of I believe it's three or four games. He has a higher usage rate than Jimmy Butler. I mean, that's I think that's for an example of how dominant Jimmy has looked and usage-wise, it looks like he's creating everything. He's not creating more than Jokic. I think with Jokic, as far as his last three seasons since he started winning MVPs, he is basically that entire team, honestly. Like, look at the bench minutes in in the Lakers series. Even though the Nuggets won all four games, whenever Jokic left the floor, they, they, they couldn't. They they weren't the same team. They they weren't able to run a, a very efficient offense. And Jokic wasn't there to able to bail them out. Even when Jamal Murray was on there, Jamal Murray has been fantastic I mean, we saw, in these playoffs. We saw the amount of times they tried to put Aaron Gordon on the top they of that, and it was Aaron just or it just yeah. didn't work. And I think Miami's going to have to get very creative because if they throw that zone at this Nuggets team, the Nuggets have a lot of ways to attack. They could put Jokic at the free throw line. They could put Jokic, Jokic at the top of the key behind the arc. And they got Porter, KCP in the corners. They're the, this isn't like Boston where you'd have Al Horford at the free throw line and Jalen Brown hasn't made a three in two games. And, you know, Derek White, who's a good shooter in the other corner. But they, they, they were not hitting their shots. So I think if Miami tries to run that same zone again, they're going to have to make some tweaks to it to where Jokic isn't dominating one-on-one with Bam because that will happen. Yeah. And the corners aren't being left wide open. Yeah, I completely agree. And just like you said with that zone, I, the zone was very good. And it was it, it was very good against Boston. However, Boston did get some fairly good looks that they just missed. I mean, a team that shot 20% in game six, I believe it was like 23.7% in game seven. And I think that game seven is a whole lot different because especially at the beginning of that game, they had about five to six completely open threes that they just missed. And then they kind of fell into the, nine ten point and they just couldn't get out of that gap the way they were shooting but i think when you look at nikola Jokic, i think that's another reason of why i'd rather have nikola Jokic. you can put him anywhere on the court and he will do the exact same thing we've seen him on the block when they moved, decided to move and put Rui on Jokic and play 80 off the ball we saw him play the block more and he was just as consistent and as dominant as he was at the top of the key as the free throw line and we've seen Jimmy during this postseason struggle at times, especially from his one-on-one positions in that 15-foot range, where we saw him beat him the ball there a lot of times, especially in that Knicks series. They pounded him down there, and we're like, we're just going to pound it and pound it and pound it, and, and he missed a lot of shots. We, he missed a lot of shots, four, five, and six, the games that they lost. He missed a lot of shots in there. We haven't seen Jokic do that at all. And, and I think that's another place where, Similarly to LeBron James, this is where I think LeBron and Jokic do have a lot of offensive similarities where you can put them in any position on the court and they will succeed in that position. And I think Jimmy is a little bit different than that. Jimmy is obviously not the shooter that Jokic is. However, he stepped up and in the playoffs, he's a much better shooter than he is in the regular season. But he's failed in some areas. We haven't even really seen Nikola Jokic fail at all this postseason. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's definitely no arguing that Jokic is just unreal offensively. Like, there's just, there's no stopping him. I think 
uh, Kevin Garnett just like had like a little, I don't know if it was like a podcast, or like a talk show, or he, if he was just talking about Jokic about how he would guard him and he would just pick him up 94 feet and bump him the whole way down. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Anyways, there's no stopping him offensively. I think another good discussion piece though is like, if you choose Jimmy Butler over Jokic, right? Butler is not going to get attacked defensively. Well, what were the Lakers doing to Jokic? They were putting him in a pick and roll every possession with LeBron. LeBron just didn't have the gas like he did when he was younger to to torch him every time. Otherwise, LeBron could have probably had 50-plus that game. Not saying that the Heat have anybody to do that, but if I'm building a team in a given scenario like this one, that's something I'm looking at. Well, I think a a difference from Jimmy, one difference from this year's Jimmy, that's a lot different than the bubble Jimmy, he is not guarding the elite players as much. We're seeing a lot of, especially in that Boston series, he wasn't guarding Tatum a ton. They had uh, Martin on him a ton. So I don't think we saw that same. I think that also plays in a little bit of a factor is Butler's the better defender, and Butler won't be picked on as easy and won't be picked on really at all in defense. However, he's not this defensive stopper that he really was and has been in the past. They're conserving his body a lot, which I don't blame him. If he's going to play the amount of minutes that he's playing at the usage rate of those minutes, even though it's not higher than Jokic, but he's still one of the higher, I think it was top seven usage rates in the postseason. But defensively, it's not like he's a stopper right now. He's more of a, now he's gotten caught on switches and he's fine. And that's like not the worst scenario in the world is, oh, Jimmy switches on Jason Tatum. But we're not seeing that dominant defensive stopper like we've seen with, say, Jordan in the past, where it didn't matter if it was the NBA Finals or Game 1, Jordan was guarding the best player on the other team. So I think that's one thing that Jimmy has changed a little bit, which I think is another reason why defensively, I almost think it's really a slight edge to Jimmy, but this postseason, it's pretty pretty much a draw because Jokic hasn't been fed by anybody outside of Anthony Davis game one when Davis gave him 40. Other than that, though, it's not like Jokic's really been getting fed to the point where it was painful to watch like Al Horford this series was painful. It was like as soon as he got onto a switch, it was just it was over. I think that's one thing with Jimmy that's different what we've normally seen, especially in the bubble, when it felt like he was going Braun every time down in the bubble. We don't see that as much anymore. I, I yeah. In, the, in this series, Jimmy, he's going to have to do that. Uh, he's going to have to have a lot of possessions, especially in the fourth quarter, where he's switching on to Jamal Murray, or he's like coming to double Jokic. Because uh, they need him on both ends. They're going to really need... Uh, Caleb Martin and all those guys to to play both ends very well, very efficiently because the Nuggets run a very prolific offense. And Jokic, uh, another part of the Jokic versus Butler is I don't know. I, I believe we didn't mention how amazing Jamal Murray was in that Lakers series. And fantastic. Caleb Martin has played way above his averages in the Boston series and and going back to earlier in the postseason. But the way that Jamal Murray Jamal Murray's playing like the best point guard in the league these last month since the playoffs started. I don't think there's been a better point guard in the NBA. You know, Steph Curry, you know, he, he was good. You make an argument for Steph. You can make an argument for Steph, but Jamal Murray, I mean, this is, he, he's been fantastic as a, as a second option. Caleb Martin has been a good second option too, uh, but not, not even close to the, what Jamal Murray has been doing as a, as a Robin to, to Jokic in that offense. And I definitely agree, but I have a question for you guys. Who do you think is more important in this series for their teams? Murray or Martin? Oh, Jamal. 
I, I think I disagree. I think that if Jamal Martin. Murray plays bad, the Nuggets could still win the series. If Caleb Martin plays bad, the Heat have no chance. Like, the Heat I, need Caleb I, Martin to play at that Martin, level. I would say Caleb Martin as well because we haven't seen the Heat guys consistently have big games. The Nuggets have much more reliable pieces. You know, Michael Porter Jr. can hit five threes in a game because he's going to get the looks, and he's and we, we know he's not going to pass the ball. Yeah. ACP is going to get open looks like he did in the Lakers series. Bruce Brown Bruce has Brown, taken over a couple games this postseason. And, and, hey, you know, we make fun of him, but Jeff Green, he, he's going to have his opportunity too. And outside of, I would say, Duncan Robinson, there's really not a ton of options where Miami's going to get consistent scoring from. I mean, Nuggets, you're not really worried about them scoring. They're going to score their points from Jokic, Murray, or all the others. Uh, but I guess we we're talking about Martin versus Murray. Yeah. I, I would say Martin because they, they need guys to step up. They don't have the depth of scorers that the Nuggets have. Okay, if, if Caleb Martin scores 25, does that guarantee the Heat a win? No, but just but I if Caleb Martin averages twenty five, I think the Heat will at least get two games. At the very least, they'll get two to three games. They'll win the series. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't think Jamal. We can expect Jamal Murray to play like he did in the Lakers series. I I mean, those those are unworldly efficient numbers, likes that we've only seen from Kevin Durant. By the way, fifty, forty, ninety, averaging thirty plus in the postseason. That that's the only other person done that's Kevin Durant. He's not going to replicate that in the finals. I I gotta believe. And not we haven't talked about the rust factor yet with this Nuggets team, but they've been off. For, they, 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 they've been off. They've been off for a, a long, so a long time. So that's a perfect segue to my next question, which was, what is more of a factor, the fatigue of Miami playing seven games heading into the altitude, which does play a factor, and heading that quick rest coach turnaround. Or ah. Nuggets not playing for a week and a half. It's the fatigue. It's the fatigue and the adapting to the lower oxygen level, 100%. I think that'll be a factor for probably up until right now because they've been there for a couple days since Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. I think you know just being around that environment, that altitude in Denver, is going to be enough for them. and And... When the game t- comes, they'll be ready. They'll be amped up, ready to go. The Nuggets—they haven't had a high-intensity situation in games since Game Game Four of the Lakers series, which was a week a week and a half ago. Two yeah, weeks. and that—it's hard, you know, you, to, to to replicate that in practice. And and I think uh, Miami has surprised people in this postseason, and I wouldn't be surprised they have a good start tonight. I would. I would. I think that it's the fatigue of the Heat. I would argue you could say the rust if they're on the road. But they've been in Denver for the last two weeks. They've been able to play there, practice there. And we always talk about this, too. And this is basketball at all levels from eight-year-olds to forever. Role players and players just play better at home. That's just what happens. And I think it's a perfect situation for... I think it'd be a little bit more worrisome if it was Boston, for example, and the Nuggets had to go to Boston. I think that's a little bit more of a concern of maybe that rust going into the garden. But I think being at home, being in your home environment, I mean, I thought it was interesting the way that even like some of the guys said, Nikola Jokic, and his, he said, I don't even know. I don't even know if the rest is going to, what the rust is going to be. But I, I think that's part of the, they're not worried about it. And I think that's just part of the, We've seen from Jimmy Butler the last two, three games. I, I'll say a little bit less than game seven, but we saw a fatigued and tired 
Jimmy Butler, especially game five and six. And I just wonder, Jimmy is able to succeed in those circumstances because he's maybe, obviously, like we said, one of the best playoff performers ever. But how are these other heats? How is Caleb Martin, who's never played probably more basketball in his life since now, going to now adjust to that? Or the Max Struces or the Gabe Vincents dealing with injuries, dealing with all that stuff. So I think that's why the fatigue plays a little bit more of a factor than the rust. Well, I think it'll be interesting. We'll be able to tell for the first two minutes if there is any rust. But I think that rust will be knocked off in maybe a quarter because yeah. they play seven guys. That's another yeah. thing, too, is they will get that rust off quickly because yeah. they're not going to be subbing ridiculously small. Yeah. I, and I, again, I think with the extra day rest, you know, it's uh, three days or they have two days off and then a game after the third day uh, for the finals. I think that'll help them a little bit because it's not like a regular season situation where it's like, oh, you got back to back and then you got a day off and then you play again and you got two days off. I think the bigger breaks and Miami is able to regroup themselves and they're going to be like, hey, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to come full circle with this this playoff run and to really make some history. And I don't think fatigue will be that much of a factor until Maybe if it's like a, if they have to claw back in this game, they fall behind like a dozen or so in the second half, they have to claw back and then they get close. I think that'll be a factor then, but I don't think early uh, it'll be much of a factor uh, at all. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to give our final predictions for the series. <laughs> Welcome back to the Case County Podcast. We are with Trevor and Cole still. So now, uh, give me a little detailed prediction. Who and how many games? And then maybe throw in like one key that you'll see that the winner needs to do. We'll start with Trevor. My head is telling me that the Nuggets are going to win the series. Um, and probably five. But I'm I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna say the Heat are winning this series in six. Um, the the keys are are gonna be are are gonna be for Miami getting off to a good start today. They not necessarily winning, but they do have to split. I would say these first two games in Denver, and go back home with some momentum, and put a little pressure on the Nuggets. Um, I think defensively, it all that's where it all starts for Miami. Whether they go to the zone right away. Or they go man and see what what's what, kind of feeling each other out in these first couple games. Um, and the three-point shooting, I think, is going to be the biggest difference like it was in the Boston series. Miami's been shooting a while. Can they continue that? And Denver just make enough to where they're getting free throws and they're making threes. And If, if Denver can get to about 110, 120 per game, they should have no problem. But I think Miami's going to be able to figure out some things defensively on Jokic to to steal some wins and get it done. Also, give me your MVP. Uh, Jimmy Butler. Butler. Jimmy Butler. He's got, he's got it. Yeah. Okay. Cole? So, I don't think there's going to be any sort of rust whatsoever from the Nuggets. Um, tonight, the Nuggets are going to win by probably 20-plus, if I had to guess. Um, but looking at the series, I look at what has hurt Denver. Um, going back to the Phoenix series, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, 
high volume scores that seems to hurt the Nuggets. Um, guys getting downhill um, that can score at all three levels. That's kind of what LeBron did in Game Four. When I look at the Heat, they just don't really have a guy like that. It's not how Jimmy Butler plays. They don't have a scoring guard where I think if they matched up with like the Warriors, I think the Warriors could have taken them to six or seven games just because of how they play. Um, but looking at this Heat squad, I just don't think they have enough firepower to withhold or withstand um, Jokic, Jamal Murray, and then the way the role players have been playing, and they can defend at all three levels as well. Um, I think the Nuggets win, if not in four and five. And MVP Jokic? And MVP Jokic, yep. Um, I, I really want to give the Heat a game, but I don't think they can win a game. I don't see it. I, I would love to say Jimmy takes over and wins a game, but I think Jimmy could take over and score 50 and they would still lose. I, I just think I have Nuggets and four. I just think Miami's just too tired. It's fatigue, the injuries worn down. And Caleb Martin sustain this basketball for another two weeks? I don't think so. Gabe Vincent, I think the injury has caused him so much discomfort. We've seen that he hasn't been able to really put up the big sets he has. I mean, they're going to need Struess and Duncan to play ridiculous. I think the actual key is going to be Bam. Bam Adebayo is the key to the series. If he plays as well as we've seen him in that bubble, maybe, I think Miami can have a real chance. They need to make life a little hard for Jokic. And the only way to do that is to put pressure on him offensively and defensively, which Bam can do. But yeah, there's just not enough high-volume scoring. I think Hero would make this series a little interesting, but to be honest, I still don't think it would matter. I, I just think... The zone will work at times, but when you have KCP and Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray who's going to shoot him out of that zone, I just don't see him winning a game. I actually think Jokic will probably go triple-double the whole series. I, I, I'll i make this prediction of I think Jokic gets 50 in a game. Probably I'll take game two, Jokic gets 50. I think they win big game one, but I, it's just the talent-wise. It's just there's levels to this, and Denver Oh, that there's levels to it. The only reason Jokic won't score 50 in the game is because he won't need to. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I will actually say the closest game, in my opinion, will be game two because I think Jimmy will come out and Spolstra will come out and they'll know if they want a chance, they'll have to split like you said. I could see them being a lot more conservative game one, not taking the loss, but not forcing ourselves to play a full 48. I see them going really hard game two, being a really close game two. Similar to what we saw in the Denver Lakers series where they were very – game one was a little closer than we thought, but it was kind of a blowout from the yeah, beginning. Sure. But game two was the close one. I think we'll see game two will be the very close one. I think that'll be the game where Jokic might score 50. Because remember, Jamal Murray shot out of his mind. And the first – in the Minnesota series, and even in the Phoenix series, I believe Jokic scored 50 in one of the games. Mur Murray is just – I think he'll cool down. I think he'll keep playing well, but it's just too much talent. I, I think – Nuggets in four. It'd be nice to say in five just to give Jimmy a tip of the cap, but Nuggets in four. Jokic and VP. And to be honest, it should have been three in a row for Jokic. And I think th this will right that wrong a little bit. Minnesota got a game from these guys. I, I, I think uh, Miami's worked at least one. <laughs> at least one. But I, I will say I am actually, even though uh, I think we know how this finals is going to play out, I'm very excited to see it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. I, like, can Miami really do it? It's Maybe very, that's what it is. Very it's very intriguing to me, and it's it is a lot different from the other ones where we don't have two powerhouses. But there's just something about this Miami team that it's they could be different. But I, I, I just 
They just can't do it. I don't hope so. All right. Great episode. We're going to start try to bring uh, some of the boys on here more. It's just good to hear from a lot of different people when we're talking about this. And obviously, Jimmy versus Jokic will be the next two weeks. We'll see that on ESPN 24-7, unfortunately. So this is the last time you hear that big discussion. But it's a great episode. This episode will actually be coming out Friday. So we don't know what's going to go on tonight. We haven't seen it yet. This is before the game. We'll find out what happens tomorrow morning, and maybe we'll give a little update. But from Trevor, Cole, Case, thanks for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday to take a look at the first two games of the finals and react to it. So thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on the Instagram and Twitter at the Case Conley Podcast, and we'll be back next week.